ourselves to the earth and live the way Jesus lived when he lived upon the earth, if we ourselves aren't living for Jesus, if we ourselves are not getting into the mirror of the word of God and finding out those things in our lives that don't line up with the Bible. Everybody say, I understand, Pastor Dan. Understand, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we've been on this study now for I don't know how many weeks, several, several, several weeks about what manner of man Jesus was when he walked the earth. And the reason we were looking and we have been looking at uh, 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 Jesus and the life he lived on the earth is because Jesus is the one that turned around and said, now you be like me. We're called to imitate God. We're called to be like God. Now, I know right there that throws a lot of religious people off because that's just who are you to say you're trying to be like God? I'm just trying to be like the Bible says I'm supposed to be. I've been created in the image and likeness of God. How about you? Okay. You either believe that you've been created in the image of likeness of God or you believe you came up out of the ooze. And from the ooze, you became a monkey. And from a monkey, you became a human. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I like being created in the image and likeness of God. I'm just saying, just from my perspective, I think I like it that way better. Jojo and Keely, you're grounded, both of you, okay? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, and so, listen, if we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to do things the way Jesus did things, and again, you know, my, my, the scripture that's on our little logo is, is John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes on me, and this is Jesus speaking, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. That's the way we're called to live. I expect, I expect to do the works of Jesus. Why? Because I believe on Jesus. But I'm not going to be doing the works of Jesus if I'm not acting like Jesus. If I'm not living my life like Jesus. Hello? Okay, glory to God. Does anybody else want to be like Jesus? Does anybody else want to do what Jesus did? Does anybody, want to, anybody else want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Does anyone else want to go up to someone in a wheelchair? God's leading you up to that person. You go, rise in Jesus' name, and that person gets up healed. Does anybody else? You come upon an accident, and a person's dead, laid out, dead. But you, God just lays it on your heart. Go put your hands on that person. Speak life back into that person. Boom, the person gets up alive. Come on. That's, Jesus did it. I just, I just read where, where, where Jesus was there having a... A funeral procession, and was a, a, a mom, and she's crying. Her son was just a teenager's dad. Jesus looks at her and has compassion on her, walks up to the, to the casket and slaps his hand on her. Get up! And the boy gets up. <laughs> that, listen, listen, listen. Don't get the mentality again. Well, that's Jesus. It is Jesus. But we're called to be like him. I'm glad a couple of you still agree on with me. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you, we sell ourselves short as, we sell ourselves short as Christians if we do not believe we're, we're supposed to do what Jesus did. I want to I be more like Christ. I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Christ. How I many remember that commercial, be like, be like Mike or something like that? Anyway, I, I, I am determined. I am determined for people to look upon me and see what is up with you? There's just something different about you. And I'm going to say, there is something different about me. His name is Jesus. Amen. We should have that burning desire in our lives to do what he did when he was on the earth. I'm not talking about the redemptive work. Only Jesus could have done that. Amen. Only he lived his life perfectly. I don't know about you, but I know I haven't lived my life perfectly. You know what? Listen to me. I made mistakes yesterday. 
Pastor Dan, did you really? What did you do? Nanya. <laughs> I messed up yesterday. And you know what I did? Listen, listen. You know what I did? You, you, you know what I did? Guess what, guess what I did? I got up. I asked my God to forgive me. I received the cleansing flow of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now hear this. And I not only received his mercy, but I, got, I said, God, I don't feel like forgiving myself, but I know I'm supposed to forgive myself, so I forgive myself right now in Jesus' name. And that's the hardest thing really for me. And I did it, and I spoke it from my mouth, and I, I mean it from my heart. And, and, and so the point I'm trying to do, sometimes you feel like, well, I've got to just lay, i just got to lie in my guilt and my condemnation for a while because it just isn't fair. Jesus died on the cross for me, so it's just not fair for me to say, forgive me, Father, and that's all there is to it. But that's how good our God is. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Woo, hallelujah. And do you want to stomp on the devil's head? Do you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I want to stomp on his head. I want to get, I want to get slappy with the devil. You know what I'm talking about? Stupid devil. You know how you do that? When you mess up, get up immediately, fess up, and then that's how you stomp on his head. Because he will come with guilt and condemnation. But that's where you got to remind him that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. And I know right now because I'm asking my God to forgive me. I'm walking in the spirit. So glory to God, devil. Get off of me in Jesus' name. Back off. We just read on Friday night, didn't we? We talked so the show descriptions in Psalm 3, I believe it is. Where, you know, I've, I've said this over, over and over again. I've heard people preach this. That Jesus kicked the devil's teeth in and all this stuff and i've said that so many times and and, and the devil goes about as a roaring lion but he has no teeth but a lot of people don't recognize that and so so but the, the bible in psalm 3 talks about how how jesus go to psalm is it psalm 3 lord go real quick over there i'm getting off on this but that's all right thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe it's Psalm 3. Yeah, here it is. Verse 7. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you have struck, speaking of the Lord, you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Is the devil ungodly? Is the devil wicked? Well, it says right there that God has slapped him on the cheek. And knocked his teeth out. See, I, I don't know about you, but see, I, I, I like watching. I, I know some people, ladies might not like the fact that I like this, but I like watching UFC. Any guys like watching the UFC fights? Man, them guys getting in there and they're going to town on one another and everything else. But man, I see when I see Jesus when he died on the cross. I commend my spirit to you. He went down into the heart of the earth. That's where he was paying the penalty for our sins and our, our, our transgressions. He, became, he was made sin with our sin. But while he was down there, he just didn't go down there and let the devil run roughshod over him. I believe when he got down there, he kind of stood up and said, what are you going to do to me? What are you planning to do to me? I am righteous. I haven't sinned. I just became sin with their sin. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about who I am. And I believe Jesus. So come here, let me just use you as an example. No, I'm just kidding, dude. I, I was going to slap you really hard across the face and knock those teeth out. But I don't think that would really work well. <laughs> Pastor in church knocks the teeth out of a person on the front row. Anyway. 
But actually, I, I, see, I like to envision those kinds of things. Why? Because that's my Jesus. Jesus was not a weak-kneed little wimpy boy. He was a strong man. I mean, he was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, okay, I'm getting carried away, but it's... Uh, <laughs> but my point is, is that we need to understand that's who my Jesus is. And that's who my Jesus was. And that's who I'm supposed to be now, glory to God. I'm supposed to operate in the same kind of love that he operated in. I'm supposed to operate in the same kind of authority that he operated. And glory to God, we've been seeing that, that, that Jesus was a man of prayer. We should be people of prayer. Amen. And what have we been on lately? We've been seeing how Jesus was faithful. Our God is faithful. Always faithful to do exactly what he says he will do. That's that's the way we're called to live our lives, my friends. And that's where we're going right now. Praise the Lord. I shared with you at the end of last week that we're going to start to talk about some different things. Some different qualities and attributes of the Lord that speak of his faithfulness. Amen? And these are the same kinds of qualities and attributes each one of us should have in our lives. It should be something that we have in our lives. I'm going to say that again. It should be something we have in our lives if we're going to be found faithful. Amen? Number one. The number one quality and attribute of the Lord that speaks of his faithfulness. And I love this one. God is always there. God is always there. Number one, I mean, excuse me, Matthew 28, 20. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So be it. Lo, I am with you always. Has anybody besides me ever felt like, where's God? Where's God? But the Bible says right there that he's with us always. He's with us always. Everybody say always. Is always most of the time? What is always? Always. He's always with us. Listen to this scripture, Hebrews 13, 5. This is so good. If you don't have this one, or if you don't have this one from the Amplified, get it, put it on a three-by-five card, keep it with you because it's so incredible. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Woo! Let's just personalize it. For he, God himself, has said to me, I will not in any way fail you, Daniel, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you, Daniel, helpless, nor forsake you, Daniel, nor let you, Daniel, down, relax my hold on you, Daniel, assuredly not. We're supposed to read the Bible, right? Personalize it, put yourself in there. Friends, let me tell you something. Will there ever be a time when you call on God and God is not there? Will... Will there ever be a time when you're in the midst 
of all hell breaking loose around you. When you call out to God, and he won't be there. Friends, let me get you this. This is a scripture I say all the time. My God will not leave me. And he will not forsake me. Did you hear that? He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He will not. He will not. He will not. Did you know that one of the names of God is Jehovah Shammah? I am the Lord who is there. And I like that. This means so much to me. I am the Lord who is there. He's always there. He's always there. He's always there. Even in those times when you look around and you wonder, where is he? He's there. He's there. I said he's there. Glory to God. Glory to God. So one simple yet very important part of being faithful, simply being there. A, a faithful husband will be there for his wife. Did you hear that? A faithful wife will be there for her husband. A faithful parent will be there for their children. A faithful employee will be there for their bosses. A faithful friend will be there for their friends. And so forth. Now the Bible gives us some examples of individuals who are faithful to those they serve. And I want to give you a couple of those right now. The reason they were faithful is because they just stuck with these people. They refused to leave their sides. Go with me to the book of Ruth. How many know where the book of Ruth is? Old Testament. Go back to the beginning of the book and go forward. Yeah. It's in your Bible. Has anybody in here ever read from the book of Ruth? Has anybody in here never read from the book of Ruth? Oh, look at you guys. You ain't going to raise your hand on that one, are you? you know, some of y'all people like going, oh, I didn't raise my hand on the first one, and I definitely ain't raising my hand on that second one because I know I haven't read Ruth because I didn't even know Ruth was in the Bible. But anyway, hallelujah. How many of you have ever heard of the story of Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi? What ended up happening is that Naomi's husband died. She's the older one, the mother. Her husband died. And then notice what happens next. Her two sons die, leaving her with Ruth and her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, the killer whale. <laughs> so sorry. I've never heard of Orca the killer. Sorry. Who would name their child Orpah? Anyway, so sorry. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. I ain't never been to church like this before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I can get back on track. Now, at this time, <laughs> they're living in Moab, all right? Because there's been a famine in the land of Judah. And so after the death of everyone's husband, Naomi says, hey, we're, I'm going to go back to Judah. Well, I want you to notice what happens in Ruth chapter 1, verse 8. And if you don't have it, if you couldn't find it, just look up here. And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husband's? 
Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. In other words, she took Naomi up on it, but Ruth clung to her. Verse 15, she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will, will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also of anything but death parts you and me. Now, does that not just scream out to you faithfulness? I'm sticking with you. I'm, I'm staying with you no matter what. I'm going to be there for you. Isn't that what we're hearing from Ruth with concerning uh, 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 Naomi? So what ends up happening? Ruth goes with Naomi back to Judah. And Ruth ends up, now get this, meeting and eventually marrying Boaz. He's a very wealthy man. And it was through the bloodline of Ruth and Boaz that King David was born. Did you hear that? So was Ruth faithful to Naomi? Yes. And why? Simply because she was there. She refused to leave her side. Amen. How many have ever heard the story of Elijah and Elisha? Remember Elijah. And this is right before he was fixing to get taken up to heaven, Elijah. And what ended up happening over and over again? From one town to the next, Elijah, as well as a bunch of other people, kept saying to Elisha, stay put in this town. Just leave me. I'm going away. You just stay here. But over and over again, Elisha kept saying, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So wherever he went, wherever Elijah went, Elisha was sticking with him. Even though Elijah and others were telling him, you can stay, go, stay. You don't need to be with me anymore. And he said, no, I'm not. As long as I'm alive, I'm with you. I'm going to be there for you. And so finally, Elijah asked Elisha what he wanted him to do for him. And Elisha says, I want a double portion of what you got. I want a double portion of what you got. Double portion of anointing. And so what ends up happening, uh, 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 Elisha sticks with Elijah right up into the chariot of heaven from a uh, chariot of fire from heaven, picks him. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that be cool? Be like Elijah, you know, you're going to go up and here comes a chariot of fire, lands. Hey, I'm leaving now. You get in this chariot of fire and you start to go up. And so as he's going up, Elijah's going up in this chariot of fire. He, uh, Elisha's watching it. And all of a sudden, here comes this mantle. Coming down from heaven. The one that Elijah had. He went over and he picked it up. And he went over to this waters. And this, this like river. Went over to it. And he says where is the God of Elijah? And he struck it. And the water split. And if you study out the Bible. You will see that Elisha did twice as many 
miracles as Elijah did. And why did all that happen? Because he was faithful to stick with him till he was taken up to heaven. In other words, he was there. Amen. Listen to me. A key ingredient of being faithful is being there. Being there. Everybody say being there. If we are to be faithful to our spouses, we need to be there for them. If we are to be faithful to our children, we need to be there for them. If we are to be faithful to this church, then we need to be here. Did you hear that? Everybody just smile real big. If we are to be faithful to this church, you need to be here. Amen. Okay. Thank you for the two grunts and one groan. Praise the Lord. I know this is simple, guys. But those who are faithful, whenever it's possible, will be there. It's the truth. I know I can count on people. I know there's certain ones I can call, pick up a phone, and they will be there. No matter what. They will show up. And I know of others that I can call on the phone, and I probably won't get them on the phone, and then I'll leave a message, and they don't show up. You saw how I'm looking down so nobody thinks I'm talking about you. Now I'm looking up so nobody thinks I'm talking about you. One of the key ingredients of being faithful is to be there. I can say this from the perspective of being a husband toward my wife and of being a parent toward my children. I'm called to be there for them. My wife is a tremendous example of a faithful person because she's always been there for me. And she's always been there for her children. And I think you can say this where, she's, where this church is concerned. She's always there for you. I've never met someone like her. The other day she was talking to me about, uh, uh, what was the word terminology she was saying? Um, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. What was she talking about? Being sophisticated. She said, she goes, Honey, I, I, I'm sorry I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a sophisticated woman. And I looked at her and I said, listen, I want to tell you something. I don't need a woman who's sophisticated. I want a woman just like you. Someone who's faithful, someone who loves me with an unconditional love, someone who's always there for me. That's what I want, and I got it. Amen. Sophistication means absolutely nothing to this boy. If you know me well enough, you know that's true. <laughs> But listen, this should be the way we are with all of the people in our lives. They should, they should know that we're going to be there for them. That if we, you know, we can, we can go up. I mean, excuse me. God can come up and tap you on the shoulder. Say, hey, I need you to do something, Davey. Because I know you're going to be found faithful. Have you ever wondered how come God never taps you on the shoulder to do stuff? Better turn around again. <laughs> Sometimes when you're looking around, people are like, well, you look at me, Pastor Dan. I'm not looking at you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help everybody in here. Have you ever wondered why God has never tapped you on your shoulder to do stuff? It's because he did it in the past, but you never responded. I, I, I know from whence I speak, there are going to be times in your life when God, you know what's, you know <laughs> Something I've learned about God, God doesn't always come. In fact, most of the time he doesn't come when it's convenient for us. In fact, most of the time he comes when it's inconvenient. You know, what are the, you've heard me joke in here before. Call us anytime or, you know, we want to talk with you. If it's it, two or three in the morning, Joan will answer the phone. 
You know, and I say that jesting. But the point I'm trying to get, I mean, there have been times when I was a youth minister over at Missoula Bible Church, when I get a, a, a phone call, and it was at the midnight hour, I have no, I don't remember exact timing, because a teenager tried to commit suicide. Was that convenient for me to have to go to the hospital? But did I go? Another time, it was even two or three in the morning, and a woman of our church was in the church, I mean, in the hospital, because she'd been cutting herself. That's so demonic. That is so stinking demonic. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to speak evil over anybody who's ever done it at all, but it's demonic. I'm telling you it's demonic. And I went in there and I, I sat there from that time until early in the, I mean, like six, seven, eight in the morning was there with this person, speaking life to them, speaking life to her husband. Amen. I was there. And why am I saying all this? I'm not just saying this to brag on me. I'm not. I'm sharing this with you because there are going to be times when God taps you on the shoulder in those times that are very inconvenient for you and you're going to have to make a decision. Will I rise up and be found faithful or am I not going to be? And if you're not going to be, don't think it a strange thing if God's not tapping you on the shoulder much anymore. What do you do if that's been the case? What do you do? You should go back and say, God, forgive me. I am so sorry, Father, that I didn't, do, I didn't rise up and do that. I didn't step out and wasn't there for that person. But the next time, God, I will. And then when the next time does come, you better. Hello? See, it really comes down to this. Now, get this. Now, this is something that's helped me so much. My life here on this earth isn't about me. Your life here isn't about you. Your life is about all the people sitting around you. Everybody in this room and all those people out there. All those people out there who don't know Jesus. Haven't had the honor and privilege of knowing Jesus like you do. What are you going to do? When God taps you on the shoulder, be there. Everybody say, be there. I'll be there. I'm not going to go any further. I'm going to stop with this first point. But I want to really, really say something here. No matter who you are in this church, no matter how long you've been walking with God, you might have just gotten born again. I don't know. Or you might have been walking with God for years. The bottom line is, we're called to be like Jesus. And we need to be there for the people around us in our lives. I know for a fact that many a time, once somebody gets married, they have, they have this mentality. I know we're fixing to marry a couple. They, but once you get married, they have this mentality. I don't have to do, be there anymore for them. I don't have to do this for them anymore. I no longer have to court them, so forth and so on. I'm speaking to Ron right now. What a lie straight from the pit. I find myself, and I have to make corrections in my life. I'm just keeping it real. I am a person, all of us are for that matter, creatures of habit. How many know that's true? But sometimes we need to break out of those habits of ours to be there for those people in our lives. To be there for our, our in my case, my wife. My wife likes to go. My, life, my wife likes to go hiking and doing all kinds of stuff. I'm kind of guy, I'd rather sit in front of a television and watch a football game. Just keeping it real. 
Now, I'm not saying I don't like to hike. I do. But, but, but the point I'm trying to make is I have to be willing to say, because of my love for my wife, I am willing to do this with you. I, wa- I am willing to be there for you. Hello? And then there's people in this church. It's the exact same way. You know, you might have people in this room that barely know you. But what if they needed you? Would you be there for them? Got to be there for people. That's how we show people the love of God. And that's how we show God that we are faithful. And the thing about it, get this, the thing about it, get this, if you ta- he, once he taps you on the shoulder and you're found faithful, he's going to keep tapping you on the shoulder. But the thing about it is, soon he's going to be tapping you on the shoulder to go do this thing over here, and it's going to be a supernatural, incredible miracle. Because you were found faithful in the small thing over here. Remember what I said? Faithfulness always brings increase. You want to increase in your life? You want to be used by God in a greater way? Be faithful in the small things. And let me throw this in for free real quick. Never, ever look down on doing the little thing. I said this before a couple weeks ago. Do not look down on the small things. And I'm saying this from the perspective. I'm just thinking because I know we're fixing to get married. Get, we're fixing to have some two people get married. I'm saying this. I'm directing this. I'm thinking of myself with my wife. There are simple little things. For example, one of the things that my wife does for me is she, the way she demonstrates her love to me, and she's faithful to do these. She keeps her house clean. She does the dishes. Or she, uh, she cooks the meal. She even brings me my plate. Blessed. <laughs> now, stop, guys. Now, guess what I do? When we're done eating, I get up and I do the dishes. I clean up the dishes. I put the dishes away. I put the food. Why is she looking at Taylor like that? <laughs> Y'all ain't married yet, so stop. No, I'm just kidding. But see, that might seem like a small little thing. But do you think that speaks volumes to her? Because it does speak volumes to me that she does what she does for me. I've even had someone ask my wife, why did you get, bring his, him his plate his food? Because he is the Lord of my life. And you might be thinking, Jesus is the Lord. I'm talking about the Bible actually talks about calling your husband Lord. Not as Lord of Lord, but he's the Lord of Lords, okay, is everybody with me right now? Hopefully I'm not losing anybody. And, 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 and the thing about it is, and, and again, we're going to see this in just a moment. Uh, it seems like everything's going your direction right now. Wow, isn't that something? Listen, just because I'm the Lord of the household doesn't mean I rule over my wife. I'm called to submit to her just as much as she's called to submit to me. I know the Bible, and we're going to read it in Ephesians chapter 5. It talks like that. But then it turns right around and says, I'm supposed to love my wife even as I love my own body. I'm supposed to love her just as Christ loves the church. That means sacrificially. And I know for a fact, I know this with everything that's in me. Anybody try to attack my wife or my kids, I'm laying down my life for them. I'm going to town. 
you better be out of my way. I'm telling you that much right now. And I'm not trying to be rude, mean, or indifferent or anything like that. I'm just trying to say to you, that's just the way I am where my love is concerned with them. Hopefully I'm coming across all right. The bottom line is this. We're called to be there for one another. If we're going to be found faithful, we need to be there just as God is there for us. Jehovah Shammah, I am the Lord who is there. Thank you, God. He will always be with us. Amen. He will not. He will not. He will not loosen his hold on us. Hallelujah. My God will always be there for me. Let's pray. Bow your heads, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We thank you for the word that has come forth. I believe, Father God, that you had us on this message for a reason. And I trust, Lord God, I got it out the way you wanted me to get it out. Say the things you wanted me to say. My prayer, Father God, is that people here do recognize the importance of living faithful just as you live.